Guys, let's flip over to a bit more of a bright spot, uh, the defensive line. So there's no question. Uh, you see we were the number one ranked defense in 2014. I feel like this defensive line group last year really was the tip of the spear of that defense. Um, we, we graduated so, several of these guys. We'll go through them in a moment. We also had some um, attrition there based on discipline issues. So one would have thought coming into this year this was going to be another area where, man, it's just going to be really hard to reload and build up on talent. Um, but as it turns out, there are bright spots, and we are seeing uh, that turnover happen. We may not maintain the number one defensive rating, but at, the, at least early signs from the D-line look like uh, we will be a serviceable group there and possibly even keep Clemson closer to the top 10, uh, which would be a tremendous outcome for us. Uh, I want to start just quickly by going through who, who graduated, who either went into the NFL draft or you know, is no longer going to play for Clemson this year. We'll start with the tackles um, in the middle. So Grady Jarrett, um, definitely an exceptional talent, um, had a tremendous 2014. We also are losing Deshaun Williams and Josh Watson at the tackle position. Um, one of everybody's favorite, Vic, Vic Beasley, uh, went to the Atlanta Falcons. Corey Crawford, also gone from the defensive end position. Um, and we're also losing Tavares Barnes, and Ebo was let go from the team earlier this season. And this is crazy. Just listen listen to those names. Listen to that list of guys. I mean, I mean, this is really a big part of why we had the number one defense in the nation last year. I mean, we were solid. You had no question about this defensive line. We're losing all of these guys, and we're calling this a bright spot for this year? That's that's fantastic. I You know, I would would have never thought coming out of the spring game going into the fall camp in this year that we were going to look at these guys, this, this position on the defense as a bright spot. But from the guys that are stepping up who have experience to the freshmen coming in, it is exciting. I mean, I just can't imagine replacing all these guys and then having so much hype and really feeling like that we're not going to take much of a step back. Well, and I thought in the spring game, like Evo was one of the, the best players, you know, from a defensive standpoint on the line. And he, subsequently was let go. So the fact that we're still talking about this group being great this year with losing him in addition to kind of six powerhouse players is is great. My thoughts are, for one, yeah, that's last year's groups, our last year's group. Um, our backups were, are now NFL players, Josh Watson, Tavares Barnes. But also I think what the way that it's worked out, you just couldn't have a better, and talk, talking about roster management, recruiting, a better way to kind of bridge um, into next season or going to next season with you have these guys that like Shaq Lawson, DJ Reader, and and Carlos Watkins, Kevin Dodd, our, our four starters on the offensive line that all got significant playing time that are all, were all a big part of uh, us being the number one defense in the nation. And now they're still there, um, you know, with a year or two of eligibility left. But now we're, we have this infusion of young talent, these guys that are coming up that get to serve as the backup. So it's the perfect perfect way to progress and um, again it goes back to recruiting recruiting even evenly in terms of every year bringing in you know having some hits but also um, but also just bringing in talented guys because behind them we're talking about Christian Wilkins a true freshman out of Connecticut that could be one of the best players in Clemson history and that's that's on, on the high level but at the very least he's going to be a very good defensive tackle one yeah. well, sorry Ben um, I mean I feel like this is even continuing going into the 2016 class too. Just the reload, you know, every year continue to add great talent. We have Xavier Kelly signed, um, and apparently we, we're reading that um, Shavar Manuel, five-star defensive end talent, is going to visit Clemson as well. 
So it just continues. It's great to see. This is what the best programs do. They reload every year. Maybe they have five, six guys going to the NFL. I mean, that's that's a crazy class. Uh, but even if you have a, lose a couple guys a year to the NFL, you've got to be able to reload. That's what Alabama and LSU have done. You know, it's nice to see us there too. Well, and you hear, you know, you know the cliche: the, uh, the games are won in the trenches. So we just got off, you know, finished talking about the offensive line and the possible problems we can have there. The last thing you want is to be depleted and you know, down on both lines, on both sides of the ball, because that can lead to a very long season. So, I mean, this is, to, to hear all the great things that we're hearing about the defensive line so far coming out of, in the for, after the first week of practice and how the, the youngsters are looking and then how the experienced guys are really stepping up and assuming these roles, it's, it's fantastic to hear. I mean, it's a breath of fresh air considering what it could have been. Yeah, I think we should look at this, our defensive line, obviously, into two, two groups. Until I think you would agree, like if you break our tackles and our ends down, uh, probably a little bit more promising in terms of depth and just experience talent at tackle versus defensive end. Absolutely. Um, who are some of the, I mean, you, you mentioned DJ Reader and Carlos Watkins. Um, Watkins is coming off of, he was a, a starter during the 2013 season, um, played in that UGA game, uh, but suffered a, a car accident um, and really has been kind of out of, out of commission until this season. So getting him back, if what appears to be full strength, is going to be a shot in the arm for this group. Um, DJ Reader definitely has solid experience. I mean, which is, let's be honest, tough to get when you've got you know Grady Jarrett, Deshaun Williams, and Josh Watson ahead of you on a depth chart last year. So having those guys step in and be leaders, you know, is great. But um, I think we're both looking at one freshman in Christian Wilkins, who's looked incredible in the fall practice so far. Yeah, and. I think um, you know we'll talk about Wilkins and Albert Huggins at, at the tackle position along with the other freshmen. I think the one thing we want to account for uh, for these guys that have been playing back up to Vic Beasley and Grady Jarrett and Deshaun Williams is some. It's and it's hard to predict this, but these are guys that have been chomping at the bit. They've wanted to be um, they wanted to be in the spotlight. We're talking about guys like DJ Reader, Carlos Watkins, uh, now Shaq Lawson and Kevin Dodd. They're they're ready. They're hungry. And it's the first chance they're running out there with the first team. They're getting their reps, and they're, they're, they want to, and they have a chip on their shoulder too because people are doubting them. They're saying that you're not going to be able to live up to next year. So I think you're going to see not just the same version of what they were, but obviously more experienced and hungrier than previous. Well, and as and as talented as they are, it's amazing to think that they weren't necessarily the, the number one backups even last year. I mean, like you said, our backups are in the NFL from last year. And then these guys coming in, we are just really reloading. Let me – all right, we'll talk about this year. Um, and part of that has to do with all the great freshmen that we have. And I, I start to think about this here. It, it starts leading me down the road of thinking not just this year and what these guys are going to be able to come in and produce, but let's take a look three years down the road. Let me read you these names. Christian Wilkins, Albert Huggins, Austin Bryan, uh, Clellan uh, Farrell – Gage Cervenka, all true freshmen. Like Xavier Kelly coming in. Xavier Kelly coming in next year. Talk about this year. Yeah, we're gonna be good. Three years down the road. Wow. I mean, it just we just keep reloading. And again, they they don't have to go in like maybe in previous years where the roster management isn't there, or it's probably more so just recruiting. Like we'd probably be relying on you know like Kevin Dodd with very little experience, or maybe we'd be pushing a 
a, fr- a true freshman in a little early with, um, you know, who's not quite ready. But now we're getting to pull him in as, as backups initially. And a guy like Christian Wilkins, maybe he'll, you know, he'll take a starting spot because he's that good. But yeah. initially we're not asking him to do that. And it's just the perfect, perfect cycle into, you know, having a good 2016-17 and beyond. Yep. And, and to be honest with you, I'm a lot more comfortable uh, with uh, defensive linemen coming in as true freshmen and playing more so than I am on the offensive line. Really, the two positions that scare me the most, uh, well, maybe three, uh, that I would say having a true freshman come in and play would be offensive line, quarterback, and uh, your kicker. Um, so defensive line, I'm really less concerned about. And But like you said, we're a little beefier there. We have more depth. And so to give these guys some time to, to get acclimated and get used to the college, the speed of the college game, and just the size of the guys, you know, the different the difference from high school. But I, I think a few of them, definitely Wilkins, has a chance to come in and make a huge impact this year. So, so, yeah. So I feel like we've kind of covered off on where's the talent, who are the, who are, who are the names for this year, who do we have? It's it's definitely promising. Um, let's take a look a little more at defensive scheme and kind of what we're going to be facing with our opponents um, throughout the schedule. Clearly the you know, the focus of your D line is, you know, establish a pass rush, really get back there and disrupt their quarterback and their game plan, um, protect the run and basically, you know, not only stuff the run, but make sure they're not beating on the outside as well. Cody, across those three kind of, um, you know, dynamics, where do you see the biggest strength for this defense based on this talent that we've talked about and where maybe might we have the biggest struggle, if any? I don't, well, let's say this. I don't think we're going to be as good at getting to the passer as we were as we as we were last year. I think Shaq Lawson, when we compare to Vic Beasley, completely different skill sets. Doesn't have you know that that first step that Beasley you know Beasley has, but really who has that kind of first step? Um, but the good thing is he probably does in terms of uh, against the pass against the run. He equally is is effective, um, which could be you know and with uh, you know just the natural progression of players to college from year to year, he could actually be better. At defensive end than Vic Beasley was as an All-American. He has that kind of upside. Um, Maybe a more it, balanced talent. More balanced talent, yeah. Yep. We might not see him on All-American list. Those, those things are subjective, but he is an All-ACC all caliber player. Behind him is Richard Yergin, um, who is a true uh, redshirt freshman, who has done a great job in showing out in practice. He is that kind of Vic Beasley, you know, uh, quick to the quarterback, um, type guy, so they had that same, you know, that, that same dynamic that Vic Beasley and Shaq Lawson had last year, just kind of in the reverse order in terms of who starts. I'm telling you, these are going to be household names. Most of these guys, I mean, we're really talented. A guy we haven't talked about, Scott Pagano. I mean, he he hasn't really shown out yet, but we're we're hearing he's looking a lot better here in, in fall camp, more so than he did in spring game. And the guy just look at him, the guy's a beast. I mean, he came in with a with a. His, you know, college football ready body as a true freshman. And I think if, you know, he may be a guy, it takes a while to put it all together, but coming into his third year in the program, uh, he's a red shirt sophomore um, at this point. So still got a few years left. I really look to him to excel too. I mean, we're. A- so you see, you see Pagano contributing in the, in the run game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so. Yeah, I think to that totally. I, I watched him in the Oklahoma game. I just, you know, I wanted to nerd out a little bit on some film, seeing what you know the next guys up are going to offer. So I watched the Oklahoma game probably like twice, and just watched Pagano. And he I, he doesn't have that lateral quickness. I don't think he's going to be able to get to the quarterback and be that guy. But he every play he pushed his guy back three four yards into the backfield. Just a 
mauler. And that's what you need. You need a guy like that. That's what Grady Jarrett did so well is he just blew up the offensive line and just caused disruption in, in, into the backfield. And that can affect so many plays. They can push the pocket back. You know, you can get back, open holes to get to the runner um, if they're running the football. So it's huge. I mean, you just need a guy like that, that that can just be disruptive, and Pagano can certainly be that guy. And when we look at sort of some of the offenses we're going to be facing, we play two two teams highly focused on the, the option. Granted, Wofford, you know, they're, they're maybe not at the caliber of Georgia Tech. Um, we'll get into previews here coming up of Louisville and Notre Dame. But um, I think, you know, definitely being able to, if they're not going to find opportunities to rush, you know, between the tackles, um, I actually feel like this line might even be better suited than last year at setting the edge and actually tracking down kind of those edge edge running backs or quarterbacks that are going to scramble. Um, to your point earlier about Shaq Lawson, you know, can he also contribute in the run game as at the end position? I think the answer is yes comparatively to like a Vic Beasley. Yeah, I think you, I think you kind of hit on it a little bit. We don't really face, I don't think there's any great quarterbacks on our schedule. So the fact that we might not be as good at rushing the passer doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily a bad thing, um, coupled with the fact that our defensive backs, our secondary, um, we got some lockdown guys back there. So, um, so yeah, I think all in all, it could be it could be a net positive in terms of just we'll, we'll do better against the run. We'll, we'll face a couple you know, decent quarterbacks. Malik Zaire from Notre Dame, for sure. Um, and then Everett Golson from Florida State. Yeah, but you're right, really, outside of that. Well, Georgia Tech's quarterback. He's solid. Yeah, whatever that guy's name is. Um, he was, I think Phil Steele projected him as the first team all ACC preseason. Yeah. But Somehow ahead of Deshaun Watson, but whatever. His His... His biggest weapon is probably his legs. Yeah, but that talking could, about like a pure passer, like a Jameis Winston. Right. I don't. We don't have any of those. I don't. I, but his his legs in that offense. I mean, that's that's what makes that offense run. So we can talk about this this defensive line all day, and if they can do the normal things, great. That's awesome. They'll also need to be able to keep their assignments in a game like against Georgia Tech. Absolutely, um, and I think really the Georgia Tech, you know, from a Brent Venables mindset, linebacker play. It, Really, what how they're able to pursue, close in, you know, not give yeah. up those seven yard plays when you can contain to two to three yards. Um, that's how you beat Tech. So that that and your defensive defensive ends because they have to make the right reads and, and make sure they stick on their assignments too. I think probably yeah. your defensive tackles a little bit less to do that with that. I mean, they're just plugging up the middle. Um, but so we'll see. Have to switch back. I mean, yeah. again, very talented guys. Let's so. spend a quick second on the freshman. We talked a little bit about Christian Wilkins. We know what. We know if you don't know that name, you know, look out for it because he's not only a defensive tackle, he's so athletic as a 300 pound guy, he can be moved to defensive end in a pinch. We also have Austin Bryant, a defensive end, four star defensive end, and Clellan Farrell, you, you mentioned his name, um, another four star defensive end. They're, they're both showing out in practice as true freshmen. They were both actually injured their senior year, so lost a little bit of time. But you're talking about the work ethic and the character, you know, guys were bringing in. They just they put on both about anywhere from 15 to 20 pounds of muscle. And then with Albert Huggins, I mean, these true freshmen guys, it's looking. I mean, not just this year, but the future. It's looking and, amazing. And Albert Huggins wanted to play defensive end. He, you know, the coaches gave him that option, and he he finally realized he's just best suited at defensive tackle. Yeah. And since he's made that conversion 
he he looks better. He looks like he's ready to contribute as a as a true freshman. So couple him with Christian Wilkins, and man, in the next three years at least, we're going to be just fine at defensive tackle. And do you love how all this is coming together? I mean, for the longest time there, we were really known for our offense. And then the offense took a step back last year, and then the, the the return of our you know that nasty Clemson defense is back, and now we're just to see it start to come all together where we're really elite on both sides of the ball, really exciting. I think it all comes down to Jake Venables, Brent Venables. Brent Venables? No, Jake Venables. That's <laughs> that's his his son who is in the tenth grade now. If he if we can get a commitment from him, then Brent is here for a while. Venables will be here for yeah. Brent Venables. The father will be here for the next seven years. That's so, a good point. Jake Venables. Yeah. All right. Well, he, his first offer, he has two offers. His first one was from Clemson. His second one was from Texas Tech. No-brainer. Yeah. Right? Okay. So as long as Brent's here, you assume he's coming. I mean, Clemson versus Lubbock. It's no, you, you said it best. No-brainer. Lubbock. Lubbock. Yeah, Lubbock. So, guys, maybe to wrap, wrap up the defensive line group, um, you know, before we get to kind of Floor versus ceiling. Um, I think we we've touched on that a little bit here. But who do you see really as the standout leaders in this group? And whether it's who would you project to be the leaders, or anything you've read up, you know, in terms of the spring practice and fall practice here. Um, maybe at both kind of core position groups here, who's gonna who's gonna really be the vocal leader, the locker room guy to keep Brent Venable's message flowing through the masses? I think Shaq Lawson's yeah. he's always been a good leader for the program, even because he's he's been playing since he was a true freshman. Um, plus, he's probably the most talented guy, um, if not at defensive line, maybe on the team. Um, Kevin Dodd is another guy. He's a fifth-year guy. He's actually 23 years old. He's a redshirt junior. So you got, I think you got some pretty strong leadership there from the defensive ends. And then, and then Reeder and, and Watkins at tackle um, provide great leadership and a lot of experience. So I think, I think from that's another element that we it's hard to measure because we have no idea what's going on behind the locker room or behind the scenes. Yep. But I think there's an element of, of leadership there just from experience. And, by the way, all four of those guys are NFL players, so that's always a good thing. Yeah, I wonder about Watkins a little bit in the, concerning the leader role. Just, you know, he's gone, the kid's gone through a lot and what he's coming back from. So we'll see how that develops. I hope his head's in a, in a right place and he's gotten the support he needed. Um, but really excited to see what he's going to be able to do, at least from the talent-wise. Um, but I definitely think Shaq Lawson and Kevin Dodd, the two defensive ends, both experienced, are really going to be leaders of this group. And then you're going to see that start to, I think, boil over into Richard Yergin and see what he can pull out of that and then get Wilkins in there early, right, and just get him developed, get him the experience, and really turn him into a leader. Maybe not this year, but but even maybe this year, maybe he's the guy that really heads up these true freshmen that are coming in and they're so talented. He, he requested, Christian Wilkins, requested a meeting with the president of Clemson and uh, he, he got to meet him in person wanted to t- ask him a few questions before committing to really Clemson. yes the, we're not recruiting who does know, that yeah that's who, do, who no, does that yeah that says a lot we're recruiting high caliber guys uh, Richard Jurgen who is you know who's going to be working at defensive end was committed to committed to Notre Dame and came to Clemson he's another guy just great work that work ethic great character so what we don't have in leadership from you know that experience, um, or for what these guys I should say don't have an experience, yeah. they, they they're, they're going to get there, and they're they're high caliber people. Well, and you can come in more mature. That gives you a leg up right off the bat. Um, so I mean, it's kind of like how Deshaun Watson came in. I mean, everybody said from the moment he stepped foot on campus, like this guy has it. 
You know, he's just a level beyond what a freshman should be, not just in the physical aspects of the game, but the mental aspects. And that that across the board, that applies to every single position group. And so certainly here. So, yeah, if Wilkins uh, sounds like he has that, that could be huge. And again, to lead these not, you know, the upper class don't need the leadership, uh, but to lead these other freshmen who are just equally as talented, maybe they're not, they don't have it quite yet, uh, yet in the maturity aspect of it. But if he can help lead that and develop it, that's huge. Because again, we've got the guys this year, but this talented crop of young freshmen, you're looking to the future. That's the rebuilding, you know, that's, or sorry, the reloading instead of the rebuilding. Cool. So look, guys, let's bottom line this. Um, there's been a lot, we've obviously been very positive on this position group. I want to take a little bit of the opposite angle here, downside wise. What type of offense could expose this defensive line in any which way? And where do you see uh, potentially the biggest downfall of this D line, if any? A, a, a really good offense that has a good offensive line, which that's, that's a simple answer. But are you talking about, you know, power run game? Are you talking about really athletic? Um, Halfbacks coming out of the backfield. Are you talking about a mobile quarterback? Are you talking about a deep threat? Like what type of offensive scheme disrupts this D line? I would say more a power running game, and that, and frankly, um, that could be Georgia Tech. Uh, it could be something that we face in the postseason. You know, like in Alabama when, we, when we're in the in the playoff. Um, kidding, but hopefully that's the case. I think. Uh, but the downside, though, just on uh, it's hard to really assess these things into too much depth. Because you got to see him play. We have to see him play a little bit. Yeah, I think even though we have been very positive, and I think the first week of practice has made us maybe a little bit more positive than we would have been previously. There is a considerable drop off um, where our ceiling could be a, a a great defensive line, but our our floor could also be an average defensive line. And I think that's as always with injuries, be, because there isn't that proven experience and talent behind us or behind the the first starters so in the case that a guy like Shaq Lawson gets injured and you're you're putting Austin Bryant or uh, Clellan Farrell Farrell um, into the mix and they're just not ready and it it could there could be a considerable drop off at that point and that's maybe a little bit where Ebo being dismissed from the team hurts but if we take injuries out of it then I think anything less than above average would be a huge disappointment out of this group, and I certainly, and honestly, I don't expect it. I mean, I expect this to be a, from what we're hearing, a really strong aspect of our defense this year. And kind of going back to the point of like what type of offense could derail it, and um, I would agree with you, Georgia Tech for sure. Um, it's good to have Wofford on the schedule because they run the triple option as well. I mean, I would say as long as Paul Johnson is coaching at Georgia Tech, that we schedule Wofford right before Georgia Tech every single year. Um, I know we don't have that flexibility, that much control over our schedule of when we play these teams, but we can certainly have them on the schedule. And, I mean, if we're going to play a cupcake, you might as well play a cupcake that runs a triple option, right? Absolutely. I mean, because mm-hmm. at least that provides some benefit in learning opportunities. I mean, rather than just running over a Furman or something like that. So, Well, and what, what you lose, you talked about if we do have an injury to Shaq Lawson or more from the, the end position – we're not able to get a pass rush where you get hurt is facing an elite quarterback that can pick apart your defense. Um, but we do have strength at the secondary linebackers still developing, but that should be pretty strong. So the fact that we're not facing kind of that, you know, prototypical passer on our schedule, you know, I think does give us some flexibility or some kind of insulation against injury, which is good. The beauty of that too, Tully, is our, being our secondary being so strong, 
we don't necessarily have to get the quarterback quite as quick. They should be able to give us a, give the the defensive line some breathing room. Yeah, you can get some coverage sacks, right? So exactly. Well, and when we go to play Everett Golson in Florida State, as long as the secondary can catch the ball and the defensive line can recover fumbles, we'll be just fine there because he's a turnover machine. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> cool. Well, anyway, uh, that's it. That's your defensive line. I think we're we're very excited about that group. We'll continue on with the defense in future position previews. I think we've wrapped up on the offense here. Um, we will circle back on special teams as well.